All right, let's kick it off right here, Dan. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. Very happy to have you. And James, I'm trying out this new intro. A podcast for creatives and open-minded thinkers, where we deep dive into our thoughts and processes as we journey through our creative fields. Because uh, that's what we're all that about, baby. Very explanatory. That's what we're all about. You never know where you'll end up. And it's a lot jazzier than what we, like... What we are, we're a lot more uh, couth or whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, than that sounds. But yeah, we're here. Tyler on demand. What's good, y'all? Jimmy McMoney, James yeah, Valdez on the other end. How are you, brother? I'm doing all right. You know, we back for another Zoom rendition. Uh huh. How you been since I last saw you? We were catching up a little before we started, but how are you? Pretty good. It's uh, the end of the semester, end of the year. It's the end of a lot of things for a lot of people. So. Whoa, whoa, careful, bro. <laughs> with, with, the, with the climate and people getting sick, careful. <laughs> uh, true, true, true. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of incorporated, too. Um, uh, the end of the presidency is coming up. Um, what do you mean? graduating. Well, January is when Biden gets uh, actually... Oh, right, 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 right. Sworn inducted. in. Yeah, sworn yeah, in. Yeah, I didn't know when that was, but it's in January. Okay, gotcha. And you said you're, you're finishing up with your little semester. That's good. The little semester. I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> But your little little yeah. fun semester. Oh, your little school gun. thing. Yeah, your yeah. little class. No. Look at me. I told James I had an interview earlier, and all of a sudden I'm shitting on students. <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> One interview, and this is what turns into me. But um, yeah, dude, that's good. So I'm glad that you're. I mean, it's interesting being a student in this time, and we could like talk about that for a sec because I don't know how much you've got to mention that uh, since it's happened with all of the COVID standard testing and the. Um, Sorry, not testing, like schooling and being obviously online class and then also going into certain classes, knowing all this shit's going on and how they've set that shit up. But how does it feel to be at the end of your first Corona semester? Well, actually, this is technically the second Corona semester because it happened last in in the beginning of this year. And that was a lot rougher um, for people, especially like I feel like I'm lucky that I'm in a business class um, because all I have to do is talk in class and that's it i don't have to go in for research i don't have to do experiments in the lab i don't have to uh do group work with other people it's all personal work and it's all kind of easy stuff so i think i'm lucky in that um i i always wonder about like what it's like for freshmen that are going into college and this is supposed to be like the time of their life dude like, this, this is, is my brother where... bro this is my yeah, brother's oh, first yeah. or first year and same shit or basically that was uh it's his situation having to deal with that shit well, how does he go through it? How did he feel? Yeah, me and my brother, I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, it's obviously very, like, frustrating and shit. And I haven't asked him too much. I've been waiting until I see him this holidays about, like, the extreme details about it. Because I would like to know from a first year. But, yeah, definitely it makes classes obviously harder. My brother does, like, physics and shit and computer science, right? So a lot of things where maybe if you're not too familiar and you don't get the instruction in person or have, like, a good communicable experience with your professor could get really tough. And so... Yeah, some shit like that. But continue what you were saying. Uh, well, it is funny that um, bring that up, like interactions with the professor, because now you're technically on a face-to-face interaction with them when you're in a Zoom class, right? And it started out fine in the beginning of the semester, but now all of my classes, there's only one or two people that have their, their cameras on. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> the professor looking at that one person and a bunch of black screens. Right, right. <laughs> I'm surprised that they took... Well, I don't know how long it took for people to start doing that, but I figured that was going to happen pretty much from the start. It, yeah. Just cameras off, mic off, run it. People gave it a shot in the beginning, uh, me being one of those people. Um, the only class I keep my camera on are, are my uh, film classes where I talk to my professor, and I actually I have a good relationship with them and stuff. So That's actually been nice. Like When you actually stay after class in the Zoom sessions, you can oh, have like, interesting. casual conversations. And I've related to them on 
the fact that everything is shitty right now. Like I, I I'll ask them. I'm like, hey, how are how are you doing? How's your family? And they'll be like, oh, like big sigh. You know, <laughs> right. like it is rough, man. This shit sucks. <laughs> yeah, because then they're not the professor anymore in that after hours. It's another person that you said you're connecting with them they're over humans. some real they're shit. They're going through the same shit. They don't know what exactly. to do right now. And teaching for them must be hard as well in this time. Yeah, not they're not just having the fun. <laughs> yeah, they probably ate it. They're already not they're getting, just getting paid, paid. Well. <laughs> Right. Well, actually, you're right. If they're university professors, they're probably getting paid pretty well. But every other teacher is probably getting paid like shit. Yeah. Shout out to Emil. He's been having to teach music online. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. I didn't know he did that. Oh, yeah, he's a teacher. He teaches, like, uh, middle school-age kids about music and shit. And I tell him, dude, middle school. Like, what the hell? You're brave. Yeah. You're a brave man. <laughs> Those are some of the worst people on the planet. They don't give a shit about music. I, I, they don't give a shit about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit about anything. They just got, like, hormones going on. They're just humping everything. They're just monsters. They're just little gremlins. Yeah, just assholes for no reason. It's like, all I, I just asked you to go over there. Why is there so much attitude? Why is there so much <laughs> bullshit? I think about me back in middle school, dude. It was tough. I felt, oh, God, I, my my teachers must have, were like a godsend. That was the worst version of me for sure. Oh God, yeah, easily, easily. Oh God, if it gets worse than that, then that's ugh, that's <laughs> that's really saying something, bro. What about? I saw something from Northeastern recently though that um, it was actually shout out to David Shekel, who we had hoped to have on today, but maybe we'll have him on soon. It was a post from some Northeastern. Um, Instagram account that was talking about they rejected making classes pass fail for the semester. Yeah. For the year. Do you know anything about that? What's been going on? I did. So the SGA, our Student Government Association, um, they unanimously, unanimously voted to pass fail for this to offer pass fail for the semester, and then they offered that decree or, or legislation, whatever they made a paper, um, to the school, and the university was just like, nah. We're not going to do that. Just nope. <laughs> nah, we don't want to. Did they give I, reasons? I I don't know the reasons. I didn't see any. I didn't, at least didn't see any good reasons. I saw like a, an email that was talking about it, and they were like, uh, this semester is different than the last semester because you came in as students understanding what was going to happen. You've been through the pandemic. What? And that, yeah, <laughs> because we went through it last semester. Right, like and it we was, went through a month of it? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And that still doesn't account for the fact that there are people that – have tough times, um, one, being online. Maybe there's there's online anxiety. Uh, two, there's, like, mental health issues that go into constantly dealing with this stress and the pandemic stress and before the presidential stress. Um, yeah. The, the isolation that comes from being online completely, all of that is still there. The same shit that we were going through in the beginning of the year, it's still there. It's not different. Yeah. Like, why the fuck would I want to do homework if I have crippling depression because I've been isolated from everybody? You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, you know, maybe a bit extreme, but I, I know people who are going through it like that right now who really have been through that shit. And you're right. It's, it's just like a, it's just another testament to how much they don't care. Like, how much they just want to milk you. And how, like, the SGA has no power then. If they unanimously oh, voted, right. every single one on that board agreed and the Whoa. school is like, nah, we don't give a shit. That's what? a good point. It's purely symbol. They don't give a fuck. It just they don't have to listen at all. Oh my god! And it, wow, 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 wow. Is that the first time that you know of that SGA has voted unanimously unanimously on something? Um, I think so. Yeah, I really don't keep up with um, them because I'd never thought they had that much power. So right, I barely keep up with the, the country's politics. So I'm not gonna keep up with <laughs> <my> university's <laughs> politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But you made it, still it to feels the end. Like, oh yeah, I'm done. 
Wait, what were you about to say? It still feels well, like what? Uh, it still feels like high school student council. You know, oh, yeah. Where they're just kind of a popularity thing. Yeah, I was part of that in my senior year. I was the class rep. So hey, I was from you know, all the people. I was a man of the people relating to the rest of the board. Yeah. I was a uh, class president in junior year, and I was by far the worst president <laughs> ever, they ever had. It was horrible. I didn't do anything. But what? I won. You people elected me. I won. Fair and square. <laughs> it's like Trump. It's like, hey, you put me here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Wait, my headphones fell out. One sec. Okay, there we go. There we go. You said you didn't do anything in your tenure? Not really, man. No, actually, that is a lie. I hosted the first Comic-Con at our oh, school. Oh, let's go. That's huge. That was huge. something I did. That, I was actually pretty proud of that. Night. That's huge. What the hell yeah. do the other presidents do? Just yell at pre- uh, the principal and get nothing out of it? You're different, James. You're innovative, revolutionary. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank right. You. All of you. I was there for the events. Is. I didn't raise any money, but I was there for events. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, so you just spent money by, yeah. home, by having events? <laughs> You yeah. bankrupt the school. Okay, I get it now. Now I'm understanding why. Okay, maybe we should get you out of there. <laughs> I take it back, whatever James's high school's name is. I Maybe he wasn't a great mark of history. Yeah. But overall, uh, I'm just thinking more about this whole schooling experience and now that it's coming to the end of the year because it is just that time. Uh, what is, like, the difference between when you go in for classes and when you do them at home, like, which one do you have more motivation for? Which one are you more like looking forward to? You know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. are the differences there? Um, well, I, I haven't had to go in for any. Oh, oh, you me. haven't had any. Yeah, okay. yeah all okay. of mine have been online, and then I think that was a professor's choice mostly. Like they were like, ah, we're not gonna make y'all do that. There's no reason to. If it, it could be online as well, that's um, good. That's yeah. fucking good. But uh, some of the professors offered a space if people were on campus that they could go to. Like, they rented out a classroom. They were like, you could take the class in here if you don't feel oh, comfortable wow. doing it at home, which is awesome. That's That's great. incredible. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, that's nice. At least at least uh, after we just shat on the university, there are people <laughs> that do care, right? Like the but individuals that's the professors. Care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The entity doesn't give a fuck. The individuals do. Yep. Mm. The power of the community. Yeah. That's fucking dope. And great uh, little uh, half segue, because I want to plug the TOD show episode that I just did with Dreamer, where he talked a lot about building community. And y'all should go check that out at the TOD show and at 412 Dreamer. That was a good one. Um, and back to this one. Let's go, <laughs> let's go back to building up this one. All right. You want to transition to our main ship? Yeah, I guess it's time. Yeah, what do you mean? It's not like you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got on the list? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, we can start with our little, our little weeb edition of the Ooh, podcast. We can start God. with our little I, weebo. I have been waiting for Because I ain't podcast. got shit else, <laughs> to be honest. I, I got some shit. Uh, did you see the uh, top 100 NBA players listed by ESPN? No. What, like currently? Currently, yeah. They ranked uh, the top 100 players. Really? Okay, no, I didn't see it. Why? Was there some screaming? Like, of course, there is. there's always going to be some people that are like, that's sh- no. <laughs> what was the dumb. average? Wait, let me pull it so, up. Keep going, yeah. keep going. So they posted two days. They did 100 to 50 first and then 50 to, um, to one, to the first player. Um, so obviously, number one is LeBron. Nice. Um, Wait, what? No, fucking <laughs> <liar. Yeah. laughs> Number two was 80. Um. Number three. Wait, wait, what? Anthony Davis? Yeah. Okay, I actually. Okay, I'm upset. I'm already upset. Now I'm one of the screaming, <laughs> screaming heads. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna love this. Um, Luka Doncic was number four. Are you fucking kidding me? Right above. Don't you Kawhi say it. No. 
the hell? What's happened to the league? These newfangled voters. Bring back David Stern. Bring back, bring back the dress code. What the hell? We need to get some order back in the league. Okay, wait. Who was three? We we skipped three. KD. Oh, Giannis. Sorry, Giannis. Yeah. Where do they have KD? KD is six. Oh wow. Well, he oh, because he was injured. He was in round. He was yeah, injured. He yeah, was yeah. In oh, right. So it's just for the season. Yeah. Himself, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to find this fucking shit, but I can't. Are you on NBA.com or where is this list? Um. Whoa, Dame Lillard seventh. Dame Lillard seventh. Yeah. Wow, that's high, dude. I that's, think he's up there. That's pretty. You think he's seven in the league? You know what I'm saying? You think nah, he's seven? Nah. I was on ESPN, but they might have blocked it. I don't know why. Wait, this looks. I have a different list right here. I have. Something else that says LeBron was one, Kawhi was two, Giannis three, Steph four, and AD five. That guy, that's got to be old. Old, but this is fucking. Nah, this is for twenty 2020 twenty to twenty 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 one. What website is that? I'm on CBSSports.com. Nah, that's not the one. So I got the list. Oh, uh, this is CBS's ESPN. list. Oh, yeah. that's why. That's why. Yeah. That's why. No one cares about CBS. Yeah, who gives a <laughs> fuck? What the hell? Why was that like the first Google result? So number 10 was Nikola Jokic. Okay. Uh, nine was James Harden. Okay. Eight was Curry. Seven uh, Lillard. And then six KD. So on. Five Kawhi. All right, I guess I'm not actually that mad at Lillard being up there. Because I don't know who I would replace him with. I don't think I would. Definitely not like Paul George. Definitely not. Yeah, I can't, I can't even think of anybody else. They still put Curry in top 10. That's interesting to me. He deserves to be there, though. I mean, I know it's just for the season, but yeah. if KD is going to make it up there, he should be up there, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, like there's some people you just cannot keep out of it no matter what. He's just been out of the spotlight for so long. He's not as loud as like some of the other players. What the hell happened to him? Didn't he get injured? He did get injured, yeah. What? Well, like how? Uh, it was his hand. I think it was his hand. Oh. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that. I kind of need that to Fuck play. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and sit. Well, what is your take? Is there any, like, you have any insights on that? Dude, I'm, ex- I, I'm so happy that Doncic just consistently gets credit for being a great player. It's it's cool because he's on the Mavs. That's yeah, that, I know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you love it for sure. Like we have a star player that we can actually build a team around. Um, not like we have it in the past. Like, Dirk was incredible. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Era's um, over. It's cool that there's still hope. That's what I like. He's This is his second year, third year? Or like going into the this? It'll be his third year. Yeah. Third year. Okay, okay. Wow, dude. So off second year, you're already top five in the league. They consider, That's nuts. The fact that he's over Kawhi, I'm very upset about. But <laughs> I guess he did have a better season. He played more. Uh, you know, they well, they didn't go further in the playoffs because the Clippers beat them. But, but Luka still, had to I think carry he worked better on the team than, than Kawhi did. Yeah. And he really had to carry a lot. And Kawhi was sitting. Kawhi took a lot of minutes and like a games off and shit. Luka was fucking working. Dude, that's and nuts. I think it's team presence too. Like, does Kawhi build up the people around him? I don't know. No, not really. But I mean, that's not what the list is for. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like in that. Oh well, actually, I, I guess that like does that does go into making you a good player, or at least that's a, probably why Damian Lillard's so high. Like, hmm, he does similar things on his team. Oh, oh, so you're saying like the weight they carry for that team, as compared to ah, oh, I see, because Kawhi has Paul George, he has you know Patrick Beverly, he has like a whole squad of people that can also carry. As much weight as he can. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, then Lillard should definitely be up there for that. It's hmm. I wonder what the future is for Luca. Then, dude, when is he gonna win his first chip? Next year. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Fuck, I forgot. I can't ask anything with a realistic <laughs> answer. I can't hope for. Well, yeah, because Chris Depps is back. Luca, 
Who what did who else they got? Like, did they get anybody during the offseason? This trade um, They got uh, we we did have a big name join us, uh, dude. I completely forgot. Yeah, we should have done research. Oops. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, if James texted me this before the show, I would have looked it up. <laughs> I was I read it right. Before. Comes with the topic and doesn't tell me. The only thing I've been begging for, he doesn't tell me. I wanted your raw reaction. Oh my god. Let's go safe next time. <laughs> well. That was a double entendre for all you listeners at home. Yeah, go ahead and rewind and catch it. Josh Richardson, James Johnson. All right, yeah, that's that's, that's definitely it. not There's stellar. nothing big. There's nothing, nothing breaking the bank. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. for sure. <laughs> but Chris Stapps alone coming back, and if he's even 80% of what he was before, then that's a big fucking help. Maybe even like 70, that's still good. But how did he, what was his shit? Did he like break a leg? Yeah, it was something with his ankle. Some like, seven foot you know, shit. There, yeah, exactly. Tall shit. <laughs> tall people's Some shit. Tall shit. <laughs> How do you exist, dude, at that like height and size? Uh, it's gotta hurt constantly. To just walk. <laughs> just exist. <laughs> oh, existence is pain for seven footers, dude. Jesus Christ, because you've just outgrown everything. Your joints, your yeah. muscles, like, everything stretched to the absolute limit. <laughs> We're not meant to. And never in history have we ever been that big. <laughs> I don't think so. At least not human, like Homo sapiens. Maybe apes, Gigantotypicalists or whatever. The thing that they said Bigfoot was, Gigantotypo, blah blah blah. Somebody knows at home. It's a yep, big. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big fucking ape is all you need to. All you need to know. Yeah. You kind of Kristaps like a big fucking ape. Yeah, a big <laughs> Latvian ape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's white. We can say it about him, and nothing will happen to us. We can call him a monkey. Oh, touchy. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, no, that's all I got on the list. I I, I honestly don't know shit else. This season yeah, I'm gonna I'll, be paying and a lot also, more attention. This is just there to make people get give a get a reaction. To give to give a ten minute topic on a podcast, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This season I plan on watching a lot more though. The bubble got me hyped to yeah, watch more. Yeah. Are they gonna bubble be in a bubble dope. in this season? Wow. Um I haven't seen anything talking about that. They probably should be for a little bit, right? You'd think. Eh, shit ain't <laughs> changed, bro. <laughs> shit ain't changed. But Just if the NFL worse. is gone in stadiums, uh, what's stopping the NBA? I don't know. Are there people in the stadiums? Few. Huh. Yeah, maybe that's what like the difference. Because like, maybe you probably tend to get more NFL fans that would be of the mindset of, I don't give a fuck. We don't need masks and shit like that. I feel like the NBA has more people who would care. Just in terms... I feel like NFL has more like conservative fans and then those tend to be the people who are more like laissez-faire with the mm-hmm. uh what's it called covid shit so maybe that's i feel like the nba yeah i don't also, know it's also probably on the owners um to decide and the owners in the nba are well just more diverse than more progressive as well yeah. yeah that's that yeah that's for fucking sure and you are appealing to a base like if no one's gonna come because it's the people that would not want to be out during corona you're not gonna have your shit open because you ain't gonna pay for that well, actually, I don't know. I guess you're paying for it anyway. You're paying for the stadium. You might as well do something to get. But you gotta pay for like the lights, the the toilets. The, oh, the staff. Shit, yeah, yeah, all that bullshit. Mmm. Mm. How many of those people got fired during this shit? That's that sucks. Yeah. There was a. I think it was Mark. Was it Mark Cuban? Who it was still Mark kept, Cuban. Yeah, he kept the entire like staff all on payroll. Everything like everybody was taken care of. Yep. All right. Maybe James has got something with this Mavs hype. Like maybe they're a good team. Like they're nice people. They're a good they're organization. That. Yeah. They've got yeah. good culture. Like it's strong, and it, it always has been. Everything since I've been in the NBA, they've been one of the better organizations. Them, the Spurs, maybe Miami, and I can't really think of many others after that. Definitely not New York. No. Yeah. No way. <laughs> 
Definitely not Dolan, but <laughs> luckily that's not my team, so I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Go keep it up, Dolan. Keep shit in the bed. <laughs> that's all I care about. I never want New Yorkers to win anything. I know my homie Asim. If New, if the Knicks, and maybe the Nets, but more so if the Knicks win the NBA championship or ever get a title, he doesn't even watch basketball. But I know I'm not gonna hear the end of it, uh, like until even after they lose, you know, and like the next yeah. game, it's just gonna be yeah, New York's the shit. Yeah, you know, motherfucker. Like it's it's never gonna stop. <laughs> and it's just oh god, and especially for someone who's not an athlete or not athletic at all, it's gonna be yeah. very upsetting. And they're they're one of those fans that I probably like never watch. No. Because they know that they lose. Never. And then when they finally have a good season, they're going to be like, ah, I told you, we are going to do it. It was the Golden State Warrior fans all over again, but worse. Oh, yeah. But worse because New Yorkers are much more aggressive than people <laughs> in L.A. A <laughs> lot of soft. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, well, that's good. I'm looking forward to the NBA coming back. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's transition over. Because as James preluded earlier, he's been waiting a long time for this podcast. I kind of have two. I kind of have two, and I, I'm, I'm, I was looking for. I thought it was gonna happen on the TOD show when you came over and guested one time, but I mean, we could still maybe do that. But we about to have some anime manga talk for this Ooh. segment. Yep. Anime. <laughs> the, oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> change summer. <laughs> So all of you weebs, otakus, waifus, all the, all the other terms oh my God. for the anime community, bring it on in. Get huddled right close to your headphones or speaker, however you're listening to this. Anybody who was just listening to the NBA talk, you probably don't care. <laughs> skip this part, please. Yeah, you're probably going to want to skip this part. <laughs> but this started off because uh, Attack on Titan, for all of those who don't know, it's a manga and anime that... Just released incredibly its incredibly popular. Yeah, like in the past uh, maybe year, it's gotten quite quite popular among people. It's already it already was, but I, I like saw more of um, hype social media wise and just other people and like YouTube and shit. And they mostly just... because this is the final season for the show. Okay, that's where I want to start because I saw that, but the manga's not done. Yeah. <laughs> so how are how, so they're just gonna run it until the manga finishes and just however many episodes this season is, however what? many. Did they, they say how many more chapters of the, the manga are left? Not that I know of, but they're on chapter, like, one... They're very close to the end, though. It's on chapter 134, and, I mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything to people because, like, we don't know the limit. But it, in terms of the story, it's very clearly coming close to the end. Like, it's concluding... Dude, it was kind of... Are you kept up to it? Because I don't want to spoil Not it Not on the manga. Not on the oh, you're only I'm up going to off the, the anime. Okay, yes. yeah. So let's also clarify, I pretty much only read manga. I don't... And I'll be honest, I tried to watch episodes and i just didn't I I, uh-huh. I I have it open here i tried to watch it right before and it wasn't the gore shit it wasn't that which we'll get into but um james pretty much you pretty much only watch i only watch yep okay this will be cool Mostly because i started on that you know so i'm not i don't really want to go into the manga and then like when the anime comes back out because i've enjoyed the anime i know i'm gonna want to go back to watching it and if i do that after reading the manga it's just not gonna feel as exciting oh why is that well because i know ex- be- exactly what's gonna happen Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what happened to me. Is I was starting to watch the first one, I was just like, like I already know what's going on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I've seen this, <laughs> and I, honestly, for this one, it, maybe it would be a good refresher because I haven't read it in a while, or like it's been a while since that point of the story. But my my thing has always been, 
I always liked to read it from pretty much the beginning. I think that's similar to your uh, argument. I started off like reading Naruto in the physical manga, going to the library I, in my fucking elementary school and going to pick up the newest manga or getting the newest Shonen Jump at Shopper yeah. from Mart in Toronto. Oh that was the, the Yu-Gi-Oh best. cards in them. Oh, dude, that shit was the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a real nerd shit. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but yeah, no, they're going to understand how nerd I am about this later when we talk about One Piece reaching chapter 1000. But... That's my because I've always the dichotomy between reading the manga or watching the anime or how those are two different communities. And they're often like at different points of the story, at, at least until the, the anime catches up, because it's usually the manga written first and then the anime adapts it. And I guess that's also kind of from like a pseudo snooty snob uh, position that's why i like the manga more because that is the source material like that's the this is what the author intended was this story because the anime is an adaptation of the manga at the end of the day it's not like the uh bible let's say the manga is right <clears throat> and i think my biggest thing is also i like to set the pace of how i take in the story and when i read it and I'm looking at the pictures and, you know, I'm kind of like imagining the voices. That is a little better for me. Or mm. I can take my time reading the page, you know, or go back a page. It's a lot more annoying to go back 10 seconds in the anime than it is to flip the page back. You know what I'm saying? And I do do that, actually. I, I like, rewind quite often when watching anime just to get some of the words that I missed. Right, exactly. I'm a slow reader. So. Does that <laughs> <laughs> Does having to rewind take away from the experience for you at all? Not at all, really. Um yeah, I go through it pretty... I don't do it that often. Um, it's more like if I see something that I think was like incredibly well-written or like a moment that I was like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, I'll rewind it and re-experience it. Oh, okay. So you pretty much rewind it for like the good shit to re-see yes, re yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, because it was even happened to me now when I was trying to watch this first episode is I did have to go back to catch some shit or to like see one of the words I missed. And I've I've gotten better over time with... Um, like not hating the sub version as opposed to the dub for those who don't know which if you're listening in this far you probably do but there is a usually a subtitle version in Japanese and then the English dub that comes out quite later for a lot of things yeah. like quite later if you want the yeah. English shit but I mean the English voices are honestly worse it's the Japanese voices are better for the characters but I just they carry more emotion throughout and it, I don't know it just matches so much better that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's because, I mean, that's how it's written. You know, it's written from yeah. a Japanese person's perspective. And so maybe Japanese people can embody those emotions of those characters better. And you're I right. often think about, like, some how, how much of the uh, dialogue and, and the writing is, like, lost in translation. And how we'll yeah. never really, because we're Americans and we don't speak Japanese, how much we will never really understand how the story was actually supposed to be experienced. Mm. And I think that is, let's uh, steer away from Attack on Titan a little bit because this is about One Piece for me. I So just, I am into this shit to the point where I watch YouTubers break down the most recent chapters of One Piece. <laughs> like, nice. I, I go watch chapter <laughs> reviews. Yeah. I listen to them talk about the lore, about character analysis, about shit that has to do with the story compared to real life. Like, I, I go in when, with the YouTube shit. Shout out to Teching101 and Brago Diaz and King of Lightning. Those are my guys. <laughs> Those are my fucking guys, man. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. It, it is. And I love them. And it, it really does enhance the story for me. Because one, I am super into the story. And like, I love to hear about concepts broken down that i may not have understood or to hear people it's like if you listen to it's like if you watch a tv show and you listen to a podcast about the tv show you know like a rick and a rick and morty podcast let's say and then they go into explaining the philosophical ideas behind the humorous shit you just saw on the screen it's the same thing with the mangas right and i was uh what was the point what was i just saying 
what were we just talking about before this? Oh, I you lost go it. deep into the YouTube breakdowns. I know, um, right before you, that. You wonder how much you'll actually experience. Compared yes, to- there we go. Because I've had, uh, like, I've listened to some of them, and they explain it in English, obviously, and, like, everybody's reading the English version of the scans, but they'll reference people who do speak Japanese who ha- are also into the anime who they've spoken to or have posted uh, resources for shit like that. And th- when they quote those people or they bring them in for extra reference, you you do get more. Because like, they explain how there are things lost in translation, how there's some things that just can't be uh, expressed as well in English as in the original Japanese. And it gives you more clarity on the art. And I don't know. I've always... What, what, do you, what do you think about that notion about taking in content from other languages and other cultures than yours? What are the benefits mm. you find in it? Um, well, one of the things that I think steers people away from anime is like they feel like it's so foreign. You know what I mean? And I've had people like walk in while I'm watching anime and they're like... <laughs> It's ridiculous, but they're like, what, yeah. what are you watching, bro? And it's like something simple, too. It's just like from the, the sounds they make, like the, the high-pitched noises oh. that they, they make sometimes, yeah. Or um, some of the jokes they make. They just don't land with some, some people. When I've, I've just kind of like let myself into it. Like I, I, I go in without any reservations. I don't think like this is weird at all. You know what I mean? Um, and because of that, I think it's allowed me to experience the culture more, understand it better, and um, I could pull that, some foreign concepts, into the writing that I have of my own stuff. Like, I've thought about like how I can make um, jokes that parallel jokes that I've seen in the anime in a movie sometime. Whoa, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's kind of like... I was going to say like slapstick like kind of comedy where like there's a lot of that shit where you might be trying to adapt. And it's funny that you said you go with no reservations because I had to do that at one point as well. Like earlier on when I was first getting into it, I was like, listen, just go and accept that it's going to be this way. Because like you said, some of the jokes people must be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, And I'm yeah. trying to explain it but because some shit is just so silly or so like like directly explained in the words like yeah. in the subtitles yeah. the, the joke... dialogue is very explanatory sometimes exactly like they'll yeah. directly say what's happening rather than let you sit with the joke but that is what you said about because we don't understand the words so they have to put it in english like directly what's happening like I'm... i can't even think of an example man because it's so I know, it's hard ab- to that's what i was trying to do when it's I was so abstract like, unless you know it, it yeah and it's it's just a different culture like yeah oh. you won't understand it unless you enter it Yes, there's some shit where it's like I, I, I maybe I'm, let me try and think of an example, like where a character <clears throat> is doing something like silly in the background, and then the other character's face like does the pop in slide from the side, <laughs> it's enlarged, and they're like yelling yeah. and yelling at them, but like, exactly what they're doing, like. If a guy starts opening a box and is like silly with it, hey, you stop opening that box and being silly with it, right? Like that'll be pretty much what they say. But you're supposed to take the whole context of everything around it, including the art and shit. And ah, man, I really wish uh, I had a prepped example. Or I hope people just go watch also like by the end of this because it's very interesting. But I think it's when you talked about bringing the culture and uh, bringing it into your own art forms, definitely in the art forms, your own art, which we can also get into, but also in life in general. I think it allows you to look at life in different ways, right? Like lessons of life in different ways, morals, right? I think culture are just interpretations of life and metaphors for life, right? So everywhere develops different culture, but they're kind of 
they all go back to kind of the same core things that we all experience as humans, right? And they're just different takes on that human experience. So I want to know what That's they true. think about the human experience in Japan as yeah. opposed to in America, right? Because yeah. it's all different. And all of us, none of, no one person has it right. Or sorry, no one culture has it right because you can't possibly know the entire world from one culture. So the only way you could kind of get a wholesome understanding is by indulging in these different things. And so far for me, it's only been mostly Japanese uh, art and culture for the other foreign shit I've taken in. But even times where I've taken in Arabic text and culture or maybe like Greek or Egyptian, right? Things like that. There are, you really learn how I'm trying, like pretty much what I just said, how the metaphors for life change and how they all provide understanding. And how some of them parallel each other. And it shows, like, at our core, there's something um, connecting each of us where we see, we could see the same concepts, but same in different ways from someone who's across the world. That's so cool to me, too, yeah. And it, show, it shows unity through difference, which is something that we've talked about on this podcast before. Because, like you just said, it shows how we can look at the same thing, which means we're all experiencing it, but then take it differently. And that is... Like, I find strength in that. I, I thrive off being around people who are different than me, right? Because I, I love the exploration of, okay, what can I find out about you that's similar to me that we can relate over? And then different that we can – I just love being fascinated. Like, I like learning from people and from things, right? And you're not going to get fascinated by some shit that's the same as you or some shit that you know. And I just think it's really – I think it's helped me, like, just think about the world and be a person because I start to consider things from these different perspectives. Like, from – we've talked about Japan before, and now people maybe have context why uh, I've, I've, like, <laughs> talked about <laughs> Japanese culture. But that's also another thing is I do – from the uh, art, it literally is a launch pad into reality of uh, the space. For example – Talking to these, or not talking, watching these YouTubers talk about this shit is a perfect place where that happens because we'll, they'll, they'll talk about whatever was happening in the chapter and then be like, oh, these four things reference these actual events in history that happened in Japan. And this is the reason why those things happen, blah, blah, blah. And then that's the reason why this is like this today. And I'm just like, whoa, holy shit. I wouldn't have learned that unless I watched or unless I read this chapter of One Piece and then watched this YouTube video. <laughs> I would have never learned this otherwise. And that's nuts because it's shit that when we were talking about Japan and like there's specifically I'm referencing I don't remember what episode but it was about the culture of Japan and how it was so insular and they and why that they're like the way they are today and how they were able to form societal norms way before anybody like any foreign countries came around I didn't know that until I read whatever chapter of One Piece went to go watch Teching 101 and he explained about how that feudal Japan was very isolationist and how it was very blah 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 until America came and blah 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 and then it's like wow that again, like I just said, I wouldn't have learned that unless I did this shit. And I don't think people expect that. I think people just see it as some dumb shit, as a cartoon almost, mm. because it's animated. That's how exactly. I see it. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I think that might change in our contemporary, uh, like Western culture, because recently you've had animated shows that are deep and for adults, like Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman, Big Mouth to an extent, right? Yeah. <laughs> these to an extent. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to an extent. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But it just and, shows uh, that you can explore these deeper concepts in cartoony ways. Yeah, and what's the problem with having something that's just... It's, it's kind of... Cartoons and anime kind of go back to, um, like, original storytelling where it was Whoa. drawings on caves. It was Whoa. all art form. It was all handmade things. 
that's that's what's wrong with going back that's to really that? interesting and it's funny you even mentioned that like specifically to something like japanese which the characters are like they stem from drawings and shit like the writing right like the calligraphy is very close to the original just drawing shit and that you can see how those that bleeds into the art it is a very poetic thing whether it's mm. manga whether it's anime it's very poetic art and very even though we just said they say the jokes literally and shit there's a lot of poetic phrasing in the animes whether it's poetic like framing of scenes whether that's like the sunset and shit or the way they've got the glare and the like hmm. well can you talk on attack on titans uh anime style and like the art design and shit like that because i've seen i've obviously seen this episode and i've seen clips here and there but i've mostly like i said read it and there is that very valuable part of it coming alive through the art when you see yeah. the anime um or any, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be Attack on Titan. Any of the ones you are familiar I, I, with. No, that's fine, because that's the one that I'm most um, focused on right now. Um, the animation in that kind of plays up the um, the horror aspects of it, which I enjoy because I love horror. Um, and there is so much detail in the fear in each of the characters' faces when they eventually like meet this big ass zombie titan, right? right? For for context, uh, for people who don't know, the the world is set up that humans are basically prey. They're not the top uh, predator in the world, like far far from it. They live in this enclosed off space because there are these things called titans that kill them and eat them, and they're these giant fucking monsters. All right, keep going. Mm-hmm. And um, the the motion that they developed using this whatever this technology, they have like these three D. Uh, I mean. Um, the maneuverable What's gear, a, shit. yeah, maneuverable yeah. gears where they can f- pretty much fly anywhere. Like um, the motion that's shown through the anime in that is so smooth, and it feels like you're flying through this painting. Pretty much, you're following these characters through this environment. Um, so that alone, those two things pull you into it so much. The emotional thing um, and the visual connection. Yes. How much do you miss in the visuals reading the subtitles, if at all? Not much. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, I don't think very much. Um, I, once you practice it a bit, you practice, know a better, yeah. And, and looking back and forth between you. <laughs> yeah, that rapid eye movement Training is your up. Eyes, yeah. That REM is up. <laughs> oh shit! Is this one your favorite? Your favorite anime? One of my favorite, yeah, for sure. Um, depending on the ending, it could completely change that. But the past three seasons have been built up so well. Yeah, um, it's fucking so fascinating. It's it a had, fascinating story. It definitely had way more nuance than I gave it credit for in the beginning. Like, I thought it was just going to be a zombie thing and, like, oh, they're trying to survive. But it, the, the, the world that they built around that has gotten so much deeper. Dude, the opening chapter of, like, it all going to shit and how, yeah. like, the, the first thing you see is that shit peeking over the wall. I'm just like, and then, you, like you said, you see the fear in the main characters who are just kids that were just, like, loving life who wanted to, like, yeah. go past the wall one day. And then all of a sudden, here is the destruction of everything you care about coming in right now and that quick switch i was like oh my fuck it kind of to to go to the influencing our art shit there's i don't want to give away too much but in my my little story that i'm writing in not the prologue but the first chapter it starts in a similar way like disastrous it opens up with disaster in the home setting and that is like what starts you and i just think that is a because then it goes on to explain everything, obviously, later. I don't really... Know, wait, the season four, are you familiar with the origin of Titans? Yes. Okay, okay, all right. So yes, then, yeah. as it then further explains uh, where they fucking came from, and first of all, who those people were, when it, <laughs> yeah. when it was revealed, the, 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 
what's the name? The the big the colossal titan. Colossal but it was titan. like in that moment because I didn't figure it out until the story kind of was right there in that moment in the panel, like the manga panel, and you see them about to transform, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. My what? favorite thing about that part, without giving too many spoilers, was how the characters, some of them already knew, Ooh. and how they were reacting in that moment. Yeah. Because it only showed their reactions and their facial, their 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 faces, and you could read everything in that moment. It was, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tension is so well-paced and built up, Oh my god! And and the stakes are so high that any character can die at any moment. You yes, have no idea. dude, no that's I, die. that was surprised me out of this story. I mean, I knew it was crazy, and I knew it was going to be like a lot of shit going on. But the fact that main characters just die, like they be <laughs> off, just they're, they're just off in main characters, and I'm just like, whoa, okay, I thought they were important. But that, <laughs> but that's also another thing I've been kind of thinking about uh, incorporating into this story. It's like, whoa, how much value do i put into someone before offing them and then is there even more value by offing them like to the story and yeah a lot of times there is and a lot of times the way you make them go out is what encapsulates their character i think of itachi from naruto like how he went out and then his story comes comes up later and then like talking about that person once they're no longer around and like the world about them keep going and while they're no longer around it's like it's such an interesting and uh, like storytelling mechanism that because it's interesting because you start to miss that character. Yes, this, this animated character. You're like, man, yes. I, I miss Itachi, man. He Dude, I cool. still get upset <laughs> to this day when I see pictures of Jiraiya being killed. Ah, uh, like that man. shit still hurts me, man. Yeah, man. And this guy doesn't exist at all. <laughs> it's not even like an actor that's playing a fictional character. It's literally a drawing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like moving we, drawing. <laughs> I used to sit outside and look at the sky and be like, man, I wish Jiraiya was still around. Yeah, man. And I, that's a testament to that is because of the long standing nature of the story, which I think exists in manga and anime a lot more than these other mediums like TV shows and movies, is oh, you true. are literally with these characters for years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. You follow these stories for. Um, how, long, how long have you been reading uh, One Piece? About to say. I keep mentioning One Piece. It's the, like in the 20. Like the 20th year, like or the 21st year of the story. It's about to hit chapter 1,000. I've been reading it since I, – I, I was kind of off and off reading it when I was a kid. Really started reading it when I was in about hmm, maybe freshman, sophomore year of high school and like started to follow it actually. And dude, okay, let's just fucking go right into One Piece because I just want to go into it. <laughs> so it's about to hit chapter 1,000 like I just said. 20 years of ser- serialization and publication and one of the top mangas for most of that – 20-year span. First of all, when was the last time any of you have done anything for a year straight, <laughs> let alone been the best for that whole year, and then multiply that times... Wait, how many? 20! Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was bad. Multiply that times 20. 20 years, this guy Ichiro Oda has been creating this Im- immersive, expansive, vast world with interesting characters that both build off of each other for 20 fucking years, and I'm still a dedicated follower... Everybody who watches it is a dedicated follower, and it's only grown into the most popular manga as it's still going. So it's only gotten better since it's been going, right? And it's like that's a fascinating concept. And one of the one of the things that I, off the YouTubers that I was just mentioning that I watched them go break down shit. A testament to the author Oda, I think, is that some of these people who and these are people who like analyze, follow, and are really, really into the story, right? Like I think I'm into it, but. To make videos and like pretty much your life and career almost is making YouTube videos about 
a fictional story, like you really need to be <laughs> fucking into it. You know, that's a, yeah. that's another level, yeah. right? And um, but it's a testament to Oda because these people sometimes can predict what's going to happen next, and then there's also times that they're completely flabbergasted and are like, "What the fuck?" So I think you're a great storyteller if people that follow your writing can pick up on your style and like kind of figure what you're going to do, but then you can still like throw them for a loop. And I will say that even more further to that, the, the things that people are able to guess usually are like the small to mid-sized things, right? They're like things that, yeah, they matter. Yeah, they're going to happen. But I mean, they're not like the most impactful, but the huge things like the turns of events and the fact that he's consistently, <clears throat> those have been able to surprise people who are his most dedicated followers and readers. You're an amazing storyteller. You're an amazing writer. If people who have combed over every single one of your words over 20 years, multiple times, still get surprised when you do something, I think that's incredible. And you, you had to be able to create such a world that is so inviting and, and engrossing to have these people stick around for that long, that long, and be inspired by it. That's actually, like, I, I said I've been waiting for this podcast because anime is one of the things that inspired me to be a writer, dude. Because dude, let's go. These characters inspired me growing up, like Naruto, Goku. I literally grew up with Naruto watching it as yes. I grew up. And I was like, man, I want to be like Naruto. But someone wrote that character and developed them over time. So I want to do something similar where I create a world or characters that can provide some kind of insight into life and guide mm. people through it. Mm. And because like you said, literally grow with it. So we can watch this character go through turmoil, go through strife in their own way as it ac like accurately reflects to ours. Because same with you, <clears throat> I was growing up with Naruto as he was fucking dealing with his best friend almost wanting to kill him but still trying to <laughs> save him. The girl he loves not loving him but loving his... Oh, speaking of which, just let's just take a side... Dive. I'm sure during this I'll think of like random scenes or important moments of manga and shit or anime. But think about Naruto right there. Do you remember the scene where um, it was after Sasuke attacked the Five Kage Summit and Sakura went to like fake join him? And she was going to try and kill him, but she couldn't do it. And so yeah, Sasuke was going to kill her. Dummy. And then Kakashi shows up, saves her, Naruto shows up, all that shit. That scene, not, not only when Kakashi tried to save him, because that's a whole other story. The, the character of Kakashi and like people he, has, he cares about dying and him having to kill them. That's just fucking crazy. But like that scene where it was Naruto there, Sasuke was there, Sakura was there. And Naruto comes in and saves um, Sakura, I think, like before Sasuke's about to kill her again. Think about that. Naruto, like, so it's a guy saving the girl he loves that loves the guy who's trying to kill her. And that guy that's trying to kill her is the other guy's best friend. Like, what a fucking triangle that is. <laughs> what the hell? And then he's saying to him, hey, I love you, man. And I still want to save you. And I still want you to come back, even though you just tried to kill me and the girl that I love that loves you that you'll never love. I mean, eventually he does. But blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I remember... I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was like two weeks or three weeks or even a month ago at this point. But I just watched that scene. It was just a random YouTube clip that came up. And I sat there after it. It was like two, three minutes. And I just thought, holy shit. All of the history and all of the lore and build up to this moment. Like, and you wouldn't be able to feel this moment unless you'd followed the characters until then. And it's just another testament to the longstanding nature of building a character for that long. Of you get to see them go through things. And it doesn't feel... Um, like rushed or hacky 
Because a lot of times in movies or in TV shows that maybe they got cut shorter than they wanted to for a character arc, it feels like a really rushed loose end and you're unsatisfied and you're really like, oh, what? Like, I just invested all that time for that? I don't feel that way about Naruto. An original Naruto series is done. I mean, you could have people, a lot of people have their issues with how it ended, and sure, I have my own as well. But mm-hmm. when it ended, I wasn't like, yo, I just invested 10 years for that or however long it lasted. I thought, fuck, it's over. Yeah. That is how I, I felt truly like, fuck. It's the biggest over. thing is you kind of lose the relationship after that. It's like the end of their continued story, like your continued mm. story with them. Mm. because it's done so now you got to go off living on your own now without and then that is kind of that is kind of when you do become like them like you were saying because naruto lost people in the show and then he had to go live on and continue his life without them and that's kind of how i felt like you just said when it ended it's like shit i just grew with this person taught me a person being the show or the uh manga i just grew with this person they taught me a lot i learned from them i evolved because of them they were with me through the hard shit through happy shit and now I have to go on without them and just carry the lessons with me. And it's literally a direct fucking metaphor from show to life and life <laughs> to show. And it's like, holy, or not metaphor, parallel. And it's like, wow, dude. It's, again, I, we keep saying it. But I'm probably going to say it a few more times. Another testament to <laughs> building this char- like these characters and this world. And I want something like that. You said it inspired your writing. It's definitely inspired mine. My shit, I want to be, my ultimate goal is it for it to be kind of like a Western graphic novel, but like a Western anime in a sense, right? And that eventually turns into a show that eventually turns into a video game that I can make some of the music for. Like that would be, that's wow. like my ultimate creative goal. If that could ever happen, James, <laughs> that'll be dope. And I feel like if I get any kind of traction in anything that I'm doing, like in terms of podcasting or music or even the writing itself, that that's kind of feasible. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. some clout there. There is enough of an attachment that's like, oh, I can see how we'd want to build it up. Because everything we do that, well, I say we, but I was talking about me, but I'm sure yourself as well. Like, when we do the podcast and when I do music, it's storytelling. That's what that shit is. Of course. Of course that's what is. the essence is. So now that I'm actually writing a story, I've, a lot of times I feel like it's the purest shit. And in, it's interesting to write about characters and write, uh, like, manifest the character. And I wish, like, these are some of the things I want to ask these manga writers and shit. I want to ask them where they drew the inspiration for characters because in in my shit i find it being that every character has part of me in them but none of them are me entirely right or none of them or whatever they're based off of has part of shit that shit in them but they're not one or sorry they're not a totality they're just a manifestation pretty much of that aspect of you and maybe there are some characters that are more like me and that more aren't but it, it gives you a how do I want to phrase this? It gives you a chance to actualize yourself or self-actualize, I should say, in different ways. Like say there's a part of you that you really like, that you could write a character that's like that all the time. Say there's a part of you you really don't like. There's a character that you, you could write like that that's like that all the time, and then they can interact with each other. And you could create this dynamic playing field of your thoughts, basically, and your values going against each other, not even going against as if they're fighting, but interacting with each other. And it's a way to like process your own emotions and feelings and aspects of yourself. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I want to talk to writers about that. Do you ever feel that? Dude, yeah, definitely. Um, it's therapeutic writing. Mm. It is. You're just putting the way you see the world down on paper or on page, like whatever page. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Anything. On your tablet. On your tablet. These new age kids. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, and then the more you think on it, the the stronger or more, not stronger, the uh, 
the more refined those thoughts get, you know, and the more um, efficient they are when you share them to someone else. Yes. Like you can communicate things to people now. Yeah. Mm Because it's almost like writing anything is like having a conversation with that thing. Right. If you're writing a character, if you're writing a song, if you're writing Mike Dub said it uh, on an interview I did with him. Shout out to Mike Dub and the TOD show again. But he was telling me that when he was writing one of his singles, it's like a lot of the time his process is he listens to the beat and he's having a conversation with it. And that's what ends up. It's like the beat says something to him and he's saying something back and his lyrics are what he's saying back to it. But the beat is saying something to him that's inspiring a conversation. And a lot of times that's how I feel about the writing. And just like in life, when I converse with people, it makes me think about myself, makes me think about the world. It makes me process things maybe differently and present them. And it just, I think the biggest way I can encapsulate these thoughts is it gives you a chance to engage in the ideas when you might not have a chance otherwise. So when you go talk to that person in real life, it's not the first time you've tried to approach this. Like how many times Mm. have you had a conversation or tried to talk about something that later on you're like, oh, that would have been the perfect way to say it. (laughs) <laughs> or I should have said it like this, right? But it's yeah. like I never had a chance to say it out loud, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't have a chance to really work it out because you can only work out so much in your head before it gets too right. cluttered. And we all know that speaking in real life is different than thinking to yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think writing is really good for people, even if something like kept, kept keeping a journal. That's what, yeah, I was going to say. That's what diaries and journals are for, right? It's people just putting down their thoughts. Do you journal or catalog your thoughts at um, all? Not daily, but I, I definitely catalog on my phone. Um, I have notes i have raps i have <laughs> show ideas i have character ideas um i have pieces of dialogue that i think of um i have random jokes that i think of <laughs> like wait like like stand-up sets like a tight no, five not really well no nah, not really wait um, wait what do you mean no nah, not really just like james james writes his jokes if he ever if he ever jokes on his <laughs> podcast just know he's got a writer <laughs> he thought about it before <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I'm with that with the journaling aspect and the diary aspect. Because sometimes, same with you. I don't do it daily, but I do have one that's kind of just around and like a dream one as well for when I ever think of shit. But it's when oh, I just dream have, one, of course. Yes, yeah, I have that when one. I when I just have a moment of there's shit in my head that I just need to get out. Literally, I get it out by writing it on the paper, and it's so it feels so good. It's like I can literally feel it going from brain into my hand onto the page, and when you see. I mean, especially me. When I see, when you see your inner monologue written out, because I pretty much write the exact way I think or speak, <laughs> and when you see it back, it's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, it's a good thing I'm doing this first, like <laughs> that I'm addressing this first, and it really does help, man. For me, I, I also just don't want to lose those thoughts, because if I don't write them down, I'm going to forget them, for sure. And it's like, you need you need it to, hmm, how do I, how do I want to say this? In addition to not wanting to lose them, it gives you like a reference point to then build off of so you don't have to start from scratch again when yes. you come back to the thought. I think we've mentioned it similarly to something like uh, like Black History Month, right? When it's only part of one month of education, every year you're going to have to start from the beginning at that one month because everybody like kind of forgot by the time the year's up. And then it's just the same shit you end up explaining over and over again that skips a lot of shit and that doesn't go deeper into anything, right? We all know Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, right? We all know there was slavery, civil rights, and Obama, right? Like that, we all know that. We don't. We know so little about the shit in between, and Black history is much more extensive than that. And it's the same thing with your thoughts and your emotions. They're much more extensive than I was born, I graduated high school, and now I'm here, right? It's it, there's so many things that go into that and that go into your daily life. That again, I don't 
chronicle daily, but even if that's something weekly, bi-weekly, fuck it, monthly, it just gives you a reference point to keep building your thoughts and keep, like, discovering self, I've noticed. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, fuck the wholesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing about, um, I mean, it's still kind of wholesome, but one thing about this uh, One Piece Reaching Chapter 1000 thing is the author, Oda, has a big, big decision to make. And I am interested to see what he does as both a fan of his writing and then as a writer in general. Because, yo, a thousand chapters is, that's not something to like sneeze at. There's not a lot of mangas that do that. There's not a lot of stories, period, that yeah, have a thousand general, chapters, right? freaking so, long story. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And it's still going. There's probably going to be like another, I'd say like 200 if I had to guess. There's probably going to be like <laughs> before the story's over. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My yeah. God. <laughs> it's nuts, bro. It's, it's fucking nuts. Like there might be another five years or three years, three or four. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm here for it, baby. Let's go, Oda. He's still young. He's got it in him. But um, so it's like you really only get that once. Even if he starts another story after this, it's probably not going to go for 20 years, right? And he's probably not going to want to. So he – and also, it being the number one manga in the world and the most popular uh, anime in the world, he has a really big choice of, does he want to do, like, go balls to the wall, go all out, make chapter 1,000 insane, make crazy shit happen? Because right now, if you're caught up with One Piece, you know that shit's going the fuck down in the story. And, like, going the fuck down. And there's a lot of ways that it could go that would go down even further, right? And so... It's like, does he want to take that chapter a thousand to use it for that story to make it this super balls to the wall, outrageous shit that's happening? Or does he want to make it like some joke chapter, like some gag where it's <laughs> so some bullshit that goes uh, on? Or does he want to make it just a regular chapter, right? And knowing this guy, I mean, and this comes from me uh, watching the YouTube. I say knowing this guy, lol. I sound like the YouTubers. <laughs> but he, he's a very joke and like gaggy type of writer in the writing as well over the 20 years. That's also another thing actually that does sustain it is the humor aspect. It's not just story and world building. There is like humor that attaches you to characters and story that keeps it going. But I could totally see him trolling the audience like that where chapter 1000 is just, yeah, regular. Just another, another chapter of the week. And again, there is shit <laughs> going on in the story where it could still be a great solid chapter, but it wouldn't be the monumental shit. So I'm looking forward to what he does for that. And I don't know what I would do in his position. Jesus, yawning. Come on, bro. I'm sorry, that boring. Sorry about I that. Know. I, went, I went on for that long. I know. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see that. You um, into One Piece at all? Have you ever been? I So I started reading some of the older ones. Um, just here and there. Because I had seen it on Toonami here and there, too. So I have very, very scattered pieces of the story. Um, and if it's going to be going for three more years, I think I can read a thousand chapters in three yeah, years. Yeah, you can catch up, bro. I can catch it's up. It's a breeze. So I, I actually might, just because you've been talking about it so much. I think you should, dude. <laughs> I think it's worth it. <laughs> I think it's worth it. Because uh, I imagine you're pre-time skip then. If, if you've yeah, only gotten I am skip. Oh, yeah. Then you got good shit to see. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you got good shit ahead. Okay, okay. That's enough One Piece fanboying. What um I do want to talk about is, we, we spoke about this off the pod, but... Because I was, I was uh, mentioning maybe one of the reasons why I wouldn't get through Attack on Titan by this time is, like, the gore. Like, because it's a very, very gory story. Yum, yum, yum. And I was like, ah, I'm not the biggest fan of gore and shit when I watch things. And we started talking about or playing with the idea of 
the use of violence and gore in art as a tool of expression and whether there's like the merits or whatever behind it. And uh, let's go into that a little bit because there is something yeah. romantic about violence when it's done right in movies and uh, in stories. There right. is something that it enhances, but I, I don't really put my finger on or I can't put my finger on it. What are your thoughts yeah. on it? So it, it's violence is kind of a human thing in the same way that love is a human thing. Oh, It's just a form of authentic expression of emotions um, wow so and you're right maybe the purest form of expressing your emotion might be violence like in terms of getting from emotion to action yeah it's i mean it could come from frustration it could come from anger from sadness yeah and how easy it to like it's so easy to just like hit something when you get angry right it's not <laughs> really that easy yeah. to show love all the time like through a yeah. specific action it might be harder to get there mm-hmm. not so but so gore that's kind of something completely different. That that's that stems from body imagery and like how we see our own bodies and others and whether it's maybe like a repression of the violence that we have or a repression of I feel like it it, it gets twisted sexually sometimes. Dude, yeah, that's like whoa. very often. That's um, interesting. That's something that I just couldn't could, cannot understand at all because gore also freaks me out that's into like our deeper darker nature it's an interpretation yeah. of that like you said because i oh, fuck you're right I, i'm trying to think of an example but it, there is like a perversion to it like a perverse kind of intimacy yeah well there's sadism you know there's masochism, oh yeah that's true where you enjoy inflicting pain on either yourself or others right and um i'm thinking of a film hellraiser Do yeah. you know that film the one with the that, needles in his face yes, yes oh god i haven't seen yeah. it but Keep going. Well, that film is all about um, the, the that monster, the needle, needle monster. I think his name is called Pinhead or something. Pinhead. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, his his thing is he's a interdimensional demon. Jesus. Um, a, a race of inter- interdimensional demons that are all about um, sadism and, and hurting, inflicting pain for sexual pleasure. Right. Um, so they that film takes it to the extreme, and they're like cutting people up and like getting off to it oh god i didn't realize i thought it was like lighter than that i didn't realize no, they dove all is, the way in it goes all there's the scene where a dude's skin is completely outside like in, he's flipped inside out oh my god dude. yeah oh my so, god <sighs> so what's the value in something like that you think i don't know that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you okay. could look at it and you could be like oh i'm into that or you could be like i'm fucking disgusted by that and that says something about you. You can figure something out about yourself by finding that out. I've, I realize that I'm not into that. So that's good. Is there value in being disgusted by something? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm going to say yes because it, it's, it's, a, it's a reaction. It's a human reaction. Ooh. Um, you got to understand why you're disgusted by it, right? Ooh, yeah. If you don't like food, you, <laughs> you got to figure out why. If you right? don't like food, yeah. Like if you just don't want to eat. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Certain types of food. Sorry. <laughs> If you, if you hate food... You're going to die. You're going to die, yeah. That's it. <laughs> nah, I meant certain types of food. Like, if you're disgusted right. by it, you got to be like, oh, it's because it's too sour or it's too sweet. Something. Um, so, same way, when you see something that grosses you out, bro, figure it out. Why Why is that nasty mm. to you? Yeah, because... And we revere a lot of some of this gory or overly violent shit. Quentin Tarantino is a god of filming and sc- screenwriting, or is he just a director? Or is he both? 
Oh, he is director, screenwriter. Gotcha. Yeah, so he's all that shit. We love his movies. Reservoir Dogs. Like, we we fucking love all this shit where it's just, pop, pop, let me cut your ear off. Yo, I'm going to torture you and all that shit. And I think it's because of the romantic aspect that I think I mentioned already. But He, he definitely plays like up that? the more, um, the comical aspects of it. And, like, um, in Kill Bill, when the main character was killing, like, all of those, the swords people, like, that was, uh, related to the um like samurai films um of the past where there was like blood splattered on the walls and and the imagery of it matched that and that's why he was using violence in that aspect um and then the violence in um pulp fiction that's kind of more like a a shock value comedy thing true whoa yeah almost slapstick in a sense like not slapstick comedy but slapstick slapstick violence Yeah, that's That's true, nuts. Yeah. Slapstick violence. That's a crazy concept. I don't know if that's coined already, but we should coin it if it coin hasn't it. been. Coined. Coined. Yeah, is that all you have to do? No one say it. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you coin a term? You just have to get people to think that you made it. Yeah. Okay, that's it. So we need some reach. That's all this shit comes down to. Y'all heard it. We said it. Yeah, they say Shakespeare didn't write that shit, but everybody knows they like everybody knows him as the one who did, so that's all we fucking attribute it to. Hold on a second. I'm, put, I'm slipping my onesie on. It's getting a little cold. <sighs> I refuse to dress nice for this podcast until it's in person. So <laughs> if you all want that, you better get a vaccine to the whole world or whatever we need to do to meet in person again. Or get us a studio, actually. Yeah, a studio would be nice. I'd come in if James uh, was corona negative. I'm always corona negative, baby. Well, I mean, for now. So far. Yeah, yeah, so far. Knock same, same. Knock on wood. Where is it? I need more. Give me more wood <laughs> to knock on. Yikes, give me more wood to knock on. It's going to get clipped and memed <laughs> if we ever were popular one day. They'll go back and hear that shit. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just, hmm, back to the violence point. I, it I freaks do, you out. Why? Not freaks out. I just don't like to see it. I, I, I will watch it in certain shit, like The Walking Dead, for example. I did watch The Walking Dead, and I really liked The Walking Dead until, you know, maybe like the last two seasons. But I enjoyed the story and of what was going on and i think a lot of those times in those over overly gory shit it's positioned in a way where the characters slash humanity in general in, including attack on titan are not like they're the prey like they're the ones that are woefully disadvantaged right yeah so maybe it's one of those things where i just like to see it from another perspective because in life we're not obviously we're at the top of the food chain right we dominate over nature and over animals so maybe it's something interesting about taking us back to our basic instincts of just being in the wild because in the wild exactly we're we're not big shit in the wild there are so many things that will just kill us easily easily (laughs) even something you don't like a coyote is the size of maybe like the bottom half of your leg will rip you up (laughs) will tear you down (laughs) right so maybe there's something about that that's interesting and more nuanced zombie films um those are Kind of relating to um, this sense of creating a a a, a, um, a character that is foreign to us, that isn't human, so that we can allow ourselves to release that repressed violence upon it, Whoa. and and not think it's like horrible. You know Whoa. what I mean? Whoa! Um, Interesting. Well, yeah, because the characters in the movies have to like come to terms with that themselves a yeah. lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But in the earlier ones, it was it, it it kind of wasn't that. It was just like they. They're killing them, man. <laughs> they're just blowing them up. They're they're monsters. They're like not human at all. So you have the right to treat to just dismember them and shoot them in the head and things like that. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. that's usually what it comes down to. Yeah, you have to either plug the brain or slice it off. Yikes! And I wonder if that. I wonder if there's any commentary there about 
because that's interesting that you just said that and how there is even though they're not human they look just like you except for whatever other shit like and maybe especially in the zombie movies yesterday they were you right and now today they're not and i, I just wonder if that is like a uh kind of reverse commentary maybe on things like dehumanizing or racism or shit like that where there are people that uh how, how do i want to phrase this obviously there are people that look different than us that that get oppressed so maybe that's like what it is right there but then also at the same time realize yo we are similar and yet we inflict all this violence on each other why right like maybe there's some aspect of that that's there and i could see that and i could see that being a little interesting but i do like this idea i think for me it sticks more on the idea of being prey which is crazy like to just talk about like, and just say out loud but i do really like that idea of that despair that deep innate despair honestly like every creature probably feels any organism in life has innate despair of their predator because mm -hmm. that's the shit that's going to end my existence right i hope it's not that i hope it's not some shit where it's like you know where people who are really dominant in their life like to get dominated in the bedroom because it's a flip i hope it's not like that <laughs> like, maybe oh it's a God. similar thing here maybe it's a similar thing like we're so dominant in life as people that I want to indulge in something where we're not, where we're submissive and we get dominated. <laughs> uh, no, nothing, nah, nothing on that, Chase. You're figuring something out about yourself, T. That's good. Hey, Keep I'm, exploring these hey, thoughts. I done figured it out, James. <laughs> <laughs> One day when we don't care about, when we're not as squeamish about talking about these things, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about sex life. On is the that pod. we as a, uh, as a culture or is that we as in? No, it's you, you and I. Because I know <laughs> if I ask you right now, if you like to be a sub in the bedroom, you're not going to tell me. Yeah, I probably wouldn't, man. Yeah. <laughs> Between me and uh, someone else. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, one day. I'm telling y'all, one day. When, we, when this makes us money. Because yeah, of that's our what, opinions, yeah. then, then we will. Shit. Yeah, if that's what y'all want to hear. <laughs> you want to hear talk, about man. James getting pegged? Just pay him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh my God, James! I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Well, unless unless you like it, then there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I no wish we had. Either. I wish we had video today. <laughs> <laughs> James just gave me the craziest look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god careful bro before i use some violence on you it is innate all right Yeesh, what does that mean <laughs> what violence i don't know we were just talking about violence and sexual things i just tried to tie it back i don't know you're trying to be sexual through violence now no no i don't want to be no i don't know that's what you let's said let's take it back i bleep bleep <laughs> oh i have to cut that out bro <laughs> oh my god all right man how long have we been going for holy that's shit that's a good question man an hour and ten are you serious wow I'm wow. genuinely shocked. We're so good at this now. <laughs> <laughs> like we're so good. Now the content just needs to be good. The time is not a, an issue. That's what the anime was for. Now we got it. We got the anime content. Oh, we did it, man! Congratulations. We did our anime episode. We finally got there. Just took Emilio leaving and 50 episodes for us to get there, but <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah, uh, well, 50 episodes, bro. We almost have 52. I don't know if we'll do something special, but that that's definitely like year recap that's of this a podcast. Year, baby. Maybe wow. we'll get Emilio back on for that episode. That would be interesting. Oh, that'd be cute. Featuring Emilio Guido. Oh, that'd be so sad to see <laughs> it. That's a feature name. Oh, shit. All right. Well, then I think we're good to go. Is there any yeah. uh, last things you want to say to the people before we sign off? Uh, no. Happy holidays, man. Yeah. Happiest of them. 
All right, y'all. This has been another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. You never know where you'll end up, and somehow we got here, and I'm very happy we did. Shout out to <laughs> SMS and ETA. Check out the album on all platforms, please. That's me, Emil, the producer, and Alexander Henry. We've got a great album called SMS. Uh, check out the TOD show, at the TOD show. And I think that's all the plugs I got. No plugs, James? No plug. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later for the next one. Adios. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> Excuse me.